0: You may not remember what this podcast is. The Riddles <laughs> 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 in the Dark Digest with me, Trish Lambert, co-host along with Laura Burkholz. Hi, Laura. Hello. Well, the good news is we're not terribly far behind. I mean, today we're talking about Riddle 2.08, and I think we've we've live broadcast up to 2.12, and and uh, 2.10 and 2.11 aren't even up on iTunes yet. So, <laughs> so, we're so we're not, not too far too behind.
1: behind not
0: too bad. Well, um, so we had quite a bit of feedback, didn't we, on this?
1: We riddle? did. Mm-hmm.
0: We did. All right. I'm going to read the riddle, and I think let's just jump right into feedback, and you and I can sort of comment as we go. Um, riddle 2.08. How will The Hobbit, Desolation of Smaug, begin? And our choices are, A, action continues in real time, either with the company or somewhere else, B, return to the frame narrative of old Bilbo at Bag End, C, a flashback, D, exposition, E, none of the above. So there's a little bit of, I mean, you know, if we're splitting hairs, I suppose, somebody could call B, the return to frame narrative, and D, exposition to be the same. but there it's is a, a little different.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, a little different. Exposition was right like what Galadriel did at the beginning of the first Lord of the Rings movie.
0: Right. And they're referring to t- frame nervous, specifically, it's Bilbo. Specifically, we know he's at Bag End like he was in Unexpected Journey. And, I mean, I will finally fudge and say, you know, the judge's word is final. So they'll be able to figure all this out.
1: Yeah. What did you say for that, Trish?
0: Remember, I, I need to go over and take a look at this. I can't remember what, you know, this is the other thing. It's been so long now. I thought you said I
1: A, but I'm not I'm not positive.
0: I did. Yeah, I was thinking it was good. And the reason I said A was because in one of Jackson's. Films, um, you know, one of his. It wasn't a video log; it was something else. Um, it shows the company uh, behind a green screen, but there's. It's obviously the Carrick. Like they're coming down the Carrick at a fairly good good pace, and I just myself. That would. That's probably the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, although it doesn't have to be. I mean, it, no, it doesn't have to be.
1: Well, and I said B. Uh, not because I think that's what they're going to do, but that's because that's what I would like them to do, because I would love it if they were if they would show Bilbo um, talking to the children um, in Hobbiton just to remind everyone that this is actually a children's book written for children. But they're not going to do that because they already did it in the Lord of the Rings movies. So they're probably not going to do that. Sure. Um, and I don't think I don't think the old Bilbo actor is is going to be in this one. Um but
0: uh oh, you know will be in this one.
1: Yeah, I didn't th- I thought that he was just in the first one, but um but I could be wrong about that. Anyway, I I'm going to say B. I'm going to go with well, that's What, what I would like.
0: We have a full spread then because Corey went with C and Dave went with D.
1: Oh, well then nobody has Nobody has a real good idea, <laughs> no. so I think that um, I think that they're going to go with what I really think will happen is that uh, it's going to be something dragon focused. I think they're going to show smog at the beginning of the movie, but that's not what I want to happen. I want I want it to be uh, old Bilbo at, at Bag End. So
0: the listeners are going with C, and I think okay. it probably has, I think it probably has to do with Corey's silver-tongued oration during the episode. I can't remember what it was. I mean, he's always very persuasive about mm-hmm. his story. He is. <laughs> so, so the the Facebook, the Real of the Dark Prediction aggregate um, or winning answer is C, a flashback. So we'll see how this goes. I don't know. I mean, I you know, I think it could be any. I think all of these are possible. Obviously, I mean, it just uh, I, I, it, B, though. I'd like to have it happen. I think is the least likely. Although I still could see it. It you know, I still could see it. It's just I don't know. I mean, I don't even know that we necessarily should go by the way Jackson did Lord of the Rings beginnings. As yeah, know, it's like it's not a pattern. In fact, knowing Jackson, if he set a pattern in Lord of the Rings, he'd probably want to be, do something different. So anyway, oh, sure. let's jump into. Let's jump into what folks are saying. I know we heard from Mark Fisher at Encyclopedia of Arda. Mm-hmm. Oh, am I? Let's see, yeah, you go ahead and read Mark. OK. Or do I read? Do I, do I read can Mark? read Mark.
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter. I can do it. So Mark Fisher from oh. the Encyclopedia of Arda. Says, It seems to me that Peter Jackson is playing up the basic similarity of structure between The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. I'm not sure to what extent that's intentional or whether it's just enforced by the stories themselves, but it's hard not to notice that the first film in each trilogy follows the same basic pattern. An opening monologue setting the scene, a hobbit and his companion set out on an unplanned journey, They make their way to Rivendell. They're troubled by goblins under the mountain. They survive another attack by orcs. And finally, the movie ends with characters staring off at a distant mountain that's the ultimate goal of the quest. It's rather implausible that in either case, they'd even be able to see the mountain in question, of course. But the (laughs) parallel is hard to miss. Assuming these, the films follow the same basic pattern, which is quite an assumption, but I don't have much else to go on, then I suppose we can expect something more or less equivalent to Gandalf's fight with the Balrog, with the film immediately leaping to action that it's le- that at least close to the timeline of the main narrative. I'm not sure what this would be. We never found out what happened to Radagast, so maybe some kind of action in Dol Guldur. The details aside, that would be near contemporaneous with the main narrative. So I think A is the closest of your options.
0: Hmm, interesting.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah.
0: You know, actually, I, uh, it's not even just the films that follow. I mean, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings in terms of broad story components and flow is the same. I mm-hmm. mean, it is the same. You know, it's like starts off at Bag End. They, you know, they stop through rivendell they have adventures on the way to rivendell they stop at rivendell they have you know issues in the mountains mm-hmm. um, i mean on through to a, a king you know getting his kingdom back i mean i i think i even said that one time in one of the classes i had you know was was actually hobbit the hobbit is the lord of the rings in miniature really mm-hmm. in terms of the story you know the story flow but um. But yeah, I mean, it's. But it is. Yeah. So even, Jackson, whether he's done it unconsciously or not, has kind of been similar. With
1: yeah, <laughs> with it's not his fault first. because they are similar. Well, even they down to trouble in the Shire when they get back, you know. That's uh, right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. We won't say we won't say guy what guy. it is in case nobody has read The Hobbit. But. <laughs> oh, that's right. All right. <laughs> but, but we'll see right. if I mean, Jackson kind of includes that this time.
0: it would be interesting if he does. If he, yeah, it'd be interesting because yeah. he didn't do it last time, really. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so so, A, so at least I have the comfort of having the same answer as Mark Fisher for this riddle.
1: Yes. And what, what do the other analysts say?
0: Oh, let's see. Do we have, you know, I, I think our analysts are suffering from analyst fatigue. Let's see. Um, <laughs> Mark Fisher, Arwen Kester says D, which is she agrees with Dave Kael, Uh And Lillian O'Loreal of uh, Wars of Fault say D. Interesting. Oh, OK. And then C for the Facebook folks. So those are the folks that have answered. And uh, um, so everybody. So they're taking the Dave Kale road on this one.
1: Oh, OK. So Dave Kale's silver which, tongue has influenced, yes, them.
0: Yeah, influenced <laughs> them, which is exposition. Well, probably, i probably I don't know. It's probably because that seems to be Jackson seems to have done that more often than anything. Really. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, let's see. No, because you're right. The tower, two towers started off with the fight with the Balrog, yeah. So I guess a parallel to that would be, you know, the fight with uh, with um, Azog at at the you know at the fir trees, um, or something like that. And then um, and then Return of the King was the story of, S- of Sméagol and Déagol. So the really that was really was an exposition. That was really a flashback. Flashback. Yeah. So hmm. he's
1: okay. so he's done everything. He's done yeah, E, C, right. C, and D, but he's never done A.
0: So he's never done A. Yeah, that's right.
1: And so that could could be be the first time
0: he just, well, he's not a person that believes in it. (laughs) Yeah. No. I
1: don't know. All right. Well, let's, let's go on to uh, what people were saying on Facebook. And uh, Ian Pollett says, I wanted to start in real time with an explanation of the eagles. The dwarves could be grumpily climbing down the Karak and gloin grumbling. Why couldn't those darn eagles have dropped us at the bottom of the rock or just flown us to the mountain for that matter? To which Gandalf replies, the eagles of Middle-earth are not your personal taxi service, Master Dwarf. The eagles will not take us anywhere near where men live. They would shoot at them with their arrows, for they think they were after their sheep, and at other times they would be right. It'd be a little cheesy, but it'd be a nice nod to all the people who've questioned the eagles. <laughs> you know, that
0: would... That would and be a little cute. bit of dialogue from the book.
1: Yeah, yeah that'd be cute. Yeah. I, I hope that Gandalf says that at some point, not necessarily at the beginning. So yeah. I guess that would be a for him. Then Erica Smith says, I think primarily because of this last season of Doctor Who, where every <laughs> single episode started in the middle of the action and then suffered greatly from lack of character development because of it. I'm resistance, uh, resistant against the action continuing in real time. And I feel if they return to the frame narrative, they'd have a flashback before that. But then when you, when you have Ian, Kellen, Ian McKellen to narrate something, you give him something to narrate, which would make it exposition instead of a flashback. I'm thinking we're going to see Gandalf, Thrain, Mapkey flashback. But also if they leave the Bayarn torturing orc scene in, wouldn't that have to be before they are in Bayarn's house? Um. Actually, I don't think it does, because that happens no, exactly. after they show up at Bjorn's house. Yeah, and that like could, in the night they spend there. Yeah, then that could be considered either flashback or action continuing in real time, depending on how they frame it. Um, Gandalf Thrain map key flashback. You know, there's a lot of interesting flashbacks they can have. There's a lot yeah. of backstory that they could flashback to. Yeah.
0: Well, and especially, I mean, I could see that being a flashback for, for movie two if Thryan is actually going to have more of a story. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to see Thryan in one way. Well, or yeah. Other. In because fact, the somebody... idea was that the one where he's jumping down on top of Gandalf in the trailer. Yeah. He looks way younger. I mean, he looks. You know, as I recall, his hair is like dark, and he's he's got uh, he's got. I think he might have both. No, he doesn't have both eyes. He wouldn't have had both eyes. But anyway, I, there's just yeah. something. It didn't seem like he was decrepit, Thryan. It's you know, it seems like he was a younger, more yeah. He's more like valor. leaping
1: off a yeah. Maybe yeah. he's a he's a um, zom dwarf.
0: <laughs> a zom dwarf. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> a whole new thing. Yeah, that would, be, have, that would be that would be a good flashback. Saying. I I want to cast my vote for that being a good Thank flashback you, because I'm unlike saying. a dragon flashback, that actually um that actually gives some depth to the characters. Yeah, yeah, I
0: like that. <laughs> and we really didn't get a lot of Thryan, you know, even even in the flashback, even in the beginning of of Unexpected Journey, it was mostly Thror and Thorin, you know. We didn't really get a lot of Thryan other than, you know, seeing him carried out, uh, you know, or limping out with his son, um, you know, and and then talking about him at the at the Battle of Bazaar, But there really wasn't other than and then other than uh, what is it, uh, Thorin, is it Thorin thinking he's dead or Thorin thinking he's alive? I can't remember which. Oh, and the and the throwaway line that the Goblin King was it the Goblin King? Oh no, Azog does at the end, which I think you and I talked about. He talked in Orcish, so how could Thorin possibly understand what he was saying? But he says, you know, your father was was a coward, at the, you know, was a coward yeah. or something like that um, smelt of
1: fear,
0: smelt of fear. Yeah, yeah. So I, to me, I always thought that was kind of a setup for there being more Thrain and seen in a movie two and a flashback mm-hmm. to the key thing with Gandalf could be I, I, I'm i hoping we see that because Although, I just still imitated yeah. by and saying where'd you get the key and Gandalf says from your dad and he goes oh okay
1: sure. <laughs> no problem sure <laughs> I remember you were over our house all the time you must have given it to you yeah yeah.
0: and nothing well, like it should be my key. You know, why didn't he give it to me? It's Mike. You know what I mean? It's like he didn't even question it. So yeah. I'm hoping we get a little
1: more. Well, Stephen Johnson brings up a an issue with with uh, our idea of the their idea of the flashback. Um, that scene being a flashback to Goldor. For the Film 2 intro, I seriously like the idea of a flashback of Gandalf finding Thrain and getting the map and the key. However, it could not be at Dol Guldur, as obviously the G-Man has not been there yet, per Film 1. I'm not sure where it could be. Maybe Gandalf finds him on the Green Road, south of Bree, while he is on his way to Hobbiton, where he will meet Bilbo as a kid. Maybe not, but it is fun. I additionally like the idea of Gandalf meeting Thorin at Bree for the opening of Film 3, or at least a flashback within Film 3. It may be better placed just before Thorin attempts to toss Bilbo off of the Lonely Mountain.
0: (laughs) Well, and yeah, the whole thing, I mean, I think we've talked about this before, I know I have, that being with Tryon that I'm holding out for could not be happening happening at Dal Guldur for the very reason Stephen says, you know, because it's been made clear that Gandalf hasn't been there yet, right? Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that there wasn't a meeting of Thryan. I mean, I'm still of the opinion that Thryan, that the reason that Thryan wouldn't have given it to Thorin, although Thor was alive at the time, so that doesn't – well, anyways, I'm going to go ahead with my thought. Thor was alive at the time, so it doesn't make any sense that Thryan would have had the key, but – my thought is is that Gandalf would have gotten the key before the Battle of Azanulbazar because here they are going into battle. Yes. It's Not known who's gonna who's gonna remain alive. Who's gonna, you know and he, why give it to his son? His son's going and his son may not survive. So mm-hmm. I could see there being a specifically on purpose meeting of Thrain and Gandalf. You know where somehow Thrinus has put the word out to Gandalf and gave given him the key in the map, saying if we don't survive, you know that to me makes sense. I haven't had a lot of supporters for that idea so far, but I mean I. could... That's the kind of timing in Jackson's alternate universe I could see.
1: Yeah, J- Peter Jackson you has, uh, you know, made things a little complicated for himself with some of this timing. <laughs> we'll see how he can resolve it. Time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also the fact that, you know, we can't have Gandalf
0: already knowing, you know, as in the book, with Gandalf already knowing the necromancer of Sauron. Gandalf's already been to Dal Gul'dur, you know, all mm. that stuff. Jackson, yeah hasn't allowed any of that, which then he's got to explain.
1: This, this is another
0: thing that makes me really appreciate Tolkien's writings. I mean, Tom Bombadil is another one, which, of course, we don't want to go off on that tangent, but but actually, I actually wrote a paper in one of my classes about this. You know, Tom Bombadil is not a throwaway character in Lord of the Rings, and none of Tolkien's, what Tolkien writes. I mean, everything is so well dovetailed together that if you mm-hmm. take away a character, if you, wait, if you take away Tom Bombadil or if you take away the whole trip that they take to see Tom Bombadil you take away their source of their weapons um, oh yeah they take it to, mm-hmm. all, you know and, and how as an example.
1: yes exactly and uh, you know Mary being able to wound the witch king with his sword right. you know you had, right. he, he found that in the the Barrow Downs oh, right. so you know that was a, a special right. sword yeah. it wasn't just any old sword because right, otherwise exactly. him, him stabbing the witch king and having it do anything doesn't make any sense
0: that's right. I mean, it just it, there's and there's no legacy. I mean, in Tolkien even, Tolkien says, and it's just a wonderful poetic thing of if the if the if the Smith from Carn Doom had known, you know, that centuries hence this would be the weapon that would you know uh, uh, be the ending of his uh, arch enemy, he would have been thrilled. That's not how Tolkien said it, but. Uh, and then the other thing is, is, you know, um, there's a couple other things, is, as Bombadil, at least in the book, provides us with some background to the Witch King's domain, you know, some history, mm-hmm. which no other is really positioned to do that. You know, there's no other character that you could actually give that to if, if Tolkien took vomadil out. And then the Old Forest, you know, you kind of get a little bit of a foreshadowing of Treebeard and the Ents and the Horns, you know, by old with Old Man Willow. So <laughs> that's just one example. And I think the same is true in The Hobbit. You know, Tolkien just dovetails everything so he's just a master woodworker. You know what I mean? It's like exactly. everything is so well put together that when you start to play with the timeline and with... With leaving characters in and out, you you mess up other pieces of the story, and then it becomes yeah. then you almost do it in an alternate universe. I think Jackson has to because yeah, you know, which he's a you know
1: it, I mean the the movie is not the book. You know we have right. to be clear about that. It's it's a it's it's based on the book, but it's it's a different story with different emphasis. Um, it doesn't mean it can't be a good story. It's just.
0: J.J. Abrams for, you know, creating Star Trek, the new Star Trek franchise is an alternate universe, because I can now get my head around, you know, they completely reset the Star Trek, you know, they completely mm-hmm. rebooted Star Trek. Okay, well, so Jackson's kind of doing that with Middle Earth, you know, this is sort of an alternate universe, <laughs> Middle Earth.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's go on. Uh, Wayne Napier says, this is going to be a flashback. Two girls find a doll on the streets of Dale. They fight over who's <laughs> going to keep it. The blonde girl claims it as her birthday gift, but the other girl wins and runs off with the doll. Cut. The blonde girl stands on the mountainside and looks down on Dale, her eyes full of contempt. She speaks only one word, "Dracarys," uh, which must be a Game of Thrones reference, which Trish and I both have a confession to make that we are not fans of Game of Thrones. So you can send your hate mail to Dave Kale on that one. <laughs>
0: He, actually, he likes Game
1: you know, of Thrones, yes, he does. He's a big Game of Thrones fan, yeah. so there yeah. you go.
0: And yeah. I, somebody could do a paper now on, you know, what that says about Laura and Trish and Dave, based, you know, their psychologies based on their, you know… Their well, I don't like, like it, and I
1: haven't even read it yet, so, isn't you know, so… <laughs>
0: Well I've read it I've read the first book uh and I didn't like it and there's no indication that it gets any better after in terms of the things I don't like about the first book I think the stuff I don't like just gets more more in the you know because yeah. it's the very stuff I don't like is the very stuff the fans like about it so yeah uh, I I'm a, I'm a Peter Dinklage fan I will say that you know so I'm glad that this has been a really you know a, a huge honeyfall for him but other than that yeah, I think I think we'll let Dave
1: hold the hold the ground on. Um, yeah, you we will. We'll Sports. let we'll, we'll let him be the expert on that. <laughs> OK, uh, Caitlin DeMarco, I'm putting my vote in for a flashback to the Witch King's downfall and apparent imprisonment by Aeonor and Glorfindel at Carn Doom, because that would be awesome. I agree. Glorfindel. Would be awesome. Glorfindel <laughs> needs his day in the sun. He needs his moment on screen. And what he better does. to show if, him? If Jackson okay. doesn't
0: do this, then someone needs to do a fan movie. Of
1: they this. do. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, let's. We'll dress up and we'll do it. We'll do we'll, it. Yeah, we we'll larp find a really it.
0: Blonde dude, really <laughs> hunky blonde dude to be Gorchindel with long hair.
1: All right. And uh, Jope so- Ebbing says, I think it will start with a flashback to Thrain giving the map and key to Gandalf. I saw in an interview that they wanted to put the scene in the prologue of film one, but it did not work in there. Oh, Hmm. yeah, that's Hmm. right. I think I did read that somewhere. So, yeah, that that seems to be um, what a lot of people want to want to have shown. So I would think that a lot
0: of us really do feel like that's sort of a missing puzzle piece is Gandalf getting the key and map from Thryan? I'd be. I'd love to see that. I think that'd be great. Yeah. Well, Jared actually agrees too, right?
1: He does. He says, "I think with seeing Thrain and Dull goldor and tying Bolg into the action, we will see something before the Battle of Azanul's Bazaar and something more from the battle." Bolg. I don't know. Bolg might be a lost cause here. I'm. I. I don't know. Yeah.
0: I you know I think we said this in an episode or I mentioned it a couple episodes ago with, to Dave and, and Corey is that um, I can't remember if you I can't remember no somebody else I think pointed it out to me but at Comic Con in San Diego this year in the Weta Workshop booth there was uh, something of bulk. I don't know if it was a picture or a, a, a figurine or whatever but it was not it was not titled Bulg it was titled a Gundabad orc
1: yeah I think Bulg might to be us,
0: he makes us think that Bolg's not going to be yeah. actually aimed. Now, from a story standpoint, because Jackson's kept Azog alive, I get it. You know, I get yeah. it because you can't. It's like, what are you going to do with Bolg? But I'm kind of bummed. I mean, it's like, gee, I wish then if he was going to pick one or the other, then get you know, don't bring Azog back to life and stick closer to the story and have Bolg be, Bolg be the one who's after Thorn from the get-go. But that water, that ship has already sailed, so.
1: Yeah, I think they. I think that was probably a very late change that they have didn't have time to re- right. redo. So, right.
0: and All I said, right. if 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 that if that toy set of Bolg and Gandalf is still for sale on Amazon, you know, and, and you're anywhere close to a collector, snap that baby up. And if you have a way of getting a hold of that movie poster that Bolg was in last year, then get a copy because those will be collector's items.
1: That's right. <laughs> Bolg could end up being the um, the. Uh, oh my goodness. What's the guy in Star Wars? Yeah, oh God, Boba Fett. Bull could be yes. the Boba Fett of of the Hobbit uh, toys. That's right.
0: That's right. That's- <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's right. Oh, my gosh. We can fill up. Go ahead and read. Oh, we so have
1: still a lot. Philip Mendes. I have a soft spot for the frame story. Movie one was described by Bilbo as including the bits he had not told before. And I don't feel like we have got to the end of that. There's more for him to tell. And I have a feeling that what he has never told anyone is about the malevolent nature of the ring. I would like the focus of the prologue to be on the West Red Book of Westmarch, a theme that is in the Lord of the Rings movies. This is how I would do it. Movie one showed Bilbo starting the book, which is also shown in um, Fellowship of the Ring, E-E. Extended,
0: extended, extended edition,
1: edition. yeah. I, I don't work for the government, so I have problems with acronyms. It's this introduction concerning hobbits, which surely happens after the prologue in uh, unexpected An journey. Unexpected Journey <laughs> that <laughs> Anne always throws me off. because I don't expect Anne to be part of that. That's right. That's right. A-U-J. But effectively, this part of the story has gone as far as it can, because Frodo goes off to wait for Gandalf to arrive for the party, and then we run into the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring. Movie two would start in Rivendell, Fellowship of the Ring, when Bilbo is showing Frodo the book, and add a recount flashback to Thrain, or the map and key, or any other important backstory information. So... I'm not going to talk hmm. about movie three because we're not talking about that yet. So, But he says the frame story needs to be the bookends and the movie makers need to remind the audience that Bilbo is telling the story at the beginning of each movie. Otherwise, the frame story movie one becomes pure indulgence, bringing back the old actors from the first movies and nothing more. I rest my case. Hmm. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I, I think bringing the... Bringing the actors back is a bit of indulgence, but it's it's yeah. indulgence that everyone likes. So.
0: I think the you know, I like the idea of actually having uh, the, the the sort of the writing of the book, you know, now showing up in Rivendell. But the thing is, the only thing I have against that is we have not seen any kind of indication that Ian Holm, you know, there's been no filming of Ian Holm and the Rivendell set. It's always been Bag End where <laughs> we've seen the old Bilbo. Um, yeah, and, I don't you think know, that. While Something I don't think like that to be kept a secret. I just, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I think, I think it'd be a great thing to do, but I, it'd be nice. I agree. I mean, it'd be fun to. It, I think that'd be great. But they do talk about, at least I know Elijah Wood has talked about uh, Frodo being bookends. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that means both Frodo and Old Bilbo will be at the very beginning and the very end of, of yeah. you know, the trilogy. But yeah, um, and I don't
1: think they would flash back ahead to something that's in the middle of Lord of the Rings because this is supposed to be a prologue, so... Yeah, yeah. Bilbo and Rivendell is something that happens after the beginning of the Lord of the Rings movies. so I don't think that... But we'll see, we'll see. Okay, now from the Mythgard page, Jonathan Fisher. I am going with D. The reason for <laughs> it is that since the first movie came out, I have found that in many books about the movies, there is some indication that there is going to be the long-expected party. There are photos out there... That Gandalf is standing on a box with little hobbits around him and fireworks everywhere. Therefore, I believe Bilbo may have some input about telling the story, but not much. So I believe, even though I love the idea about Thrain and the tent, that the troublemakers Merodiak and Peregrine will make the dragon explode, the dragon soars into the night sky, and the titles come up, bringing us back down to the journey of the doors on the ground. So I'm going with D. Um. Oh, I didn't know there were photos out there with Gandalf standing on a box with little hobbits around him.
0: Yeah, I saw that. I've seen I saw that in one of the one of the films. Um but I actually think that we're going to see that in the extended edition of the first movie. Oh, because okay. uh, Jackson has told us that we're going to see more of a Hobbiton.
1: Yeah, that's right. Mhm. And I also
0: Sorry. know that that if you do you remember that Ian McKellen shared that there was a they actually did shoot a scene of him meeting of seeing Belladonna and meeting Bilbo as a child.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to. say, And is that in the extended edition?
0: Uh, Jackson hasn't said it, but I'm 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 holding out that it will be. And yeah. it may very well be at this party where the little hobbit children are running around him and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That that would be neat. I'm looking forward to the extended edition. OK, uh, Yana says, all right, here's how the movie should start. Just like the two towers, we'll see a dark, fiery figure in the form of a doll of the air. <laughs> the doll's owner will be picked up by the soldier to be smuggled out of Dale. Yana's a big doll fan, by the way. Screaming oh, for the soldier to get her doll back. Then a big claw will pick up the doll and bring it to the Lonely Mountain. With all of this leading up, of course, to Bilbo stealing one of Smog's most valuable treasures, namely the long-lost doll of Dale. The cup rumors were later created were later created in the red book to make it seem more plausible. <laughs> Yana. Another good start would be again opening on the doll and it being picked up by the soldier and eventually given to the Elven king as a great relic to the House of Gyrion <laughs> as a token for their appreciation. It will be stolen by one of the dwarves during their escape and that will be Thranduil's provocation to march on Erebor in full force. <laughs> Oh, my! now now these options are, of course, entirely plausible and fantastic story ideas with great potential to be a fantastic film. However, unfortunately, Peter Jackson has no direct window in my imagination and does unfortunately not work to serve my every wish. If so, these (laughs) movies would look very different now on how I think they'll actually begin this one. My guess is the company will be chased by an unseen foe right into Bayarn's Hall when the door closes after they enter. We will get a look of their fearsome foe in the shape of a huge bee swarm. This does not only fit with what we've seen in the preview, it also references to something in the book. This would be a very different opening to get the movie going right off the bat. They will, of course, be chased by a different foe. The orc pack has been suggested. Now, I don't think this to be very likely, since I don't see those being stopped by simple walls, and I get the impression they're safe in the house. This would naturally be an A answer for me this time. I am, however, still holding out for my doll theory, and unless it's directly contradicted on screen, I will hold this belief till the day I die. Just like I still <laughs> believe the moth that came to Gandalf on Orthanc was sent by Radagast, since this helps me like the movies a little bit better. <laughs> to summarize my answer A, we will see a direct in-timeline continuation of the company being chased into Beorn's halls by probably bees.
0: You know, I'm really sad that apparently this bee chasing is not going to be. I mean, I think that's a way better, way better than what we've now seen, which is, you know, a big bear presumably Bjorn chasing them into Bjorn's hall. Which, I still, I don't like that because, you know, chasing Bjorn chasing them into into his own hall does not make sense to me.
1: No, it doesn't.
0: Uh, you know, Corey has t- Corey and Dave both disagree with me. They because I say okay now. We do see that it's a bear because we see that in whatever, we, whatever movie we saw, you know, trailer we saw that in. But, but I'm thinking it could be one of Bjorn's, like, yeah, sentry maybe bears. maybe it's
1: just a you know? bear. Maybe it's not Bjorn himself. Yeah,
0: I said it could be Bjorn's sentry bear, and then Bjorn could be actually standing in the hall saying something like, this is what happens when people come uninvited. But, but they both disagree with me because it's such a huge bear. It can't be anybody but Bjorn, and I don't agree. I don't agree. I don't agree. I mean, I think it could be.
1: Another bear. Well, because bears, I, it's just, it's, grizzly bears are gigantic. Anyway. They're huge. They're huge. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: and, you know, like, and Corey has at least acknowledged the fact that it is, that, that it can be, it's going to, if it actually is Bayorn that chases them into his hall, which again, I can't imagine why he would do that, but then it makes it a little bit uh, awkward <laughs> <laughs> when Bjorn she shows up as a man, and it's like, sorry about that. You know what I mean? It's like, where do you go with the conversation after yeah. that? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it turns out the people who are make- – the other thing is people make – are making assumptions. I mean, you know, like this, oh, well, it's, B-. I mean, it's like everybody's like, oh, well, that's Bjorn. Well, based on what are you, ba- you know, what are you basing it on, your assumption is Bjorn? Because as soon as you assume it's Bjorn, then a whole lot of other assumptions come out of that, but your baseline assumption could be wrong. Why are you so convinced? And there's a couple of, you know, there's, I can't remember, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of them now, but there's some others that are like that, where people go, well, it's obviously X. And then from that, and, then, I, and what I mean by that is like everybody, you know, like on Facebook, everybody's saying, well, it's obviously this. Not yeah. necessarily, you know. Yeah. So it it, I don't be. know. I mean, I, I don't have a basis. I can't really refute it being Bjorn, you know, mainly because it's such a short clip. It, but logically, and, you know, oh, well, he's so big, it must be Bjorn. Well, I don't really have an answer for that.
1: I mean, I don't know
0: yeah, that that's I, you know, I, therefore thing. I could be I mean, just, it's just a
1: real big bear, you know. I, um, I think it I mean, look, yeah. Look at at the the works. The works are gigantic. Huge,
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't Orin, with all the trouble that's going on, why wouldn't he have his bears,
1: you know? Well, also, if the hobbits or I keep saying hobbits, if the dwarves were being chased by orcs, why wouldn't Beorn be chasing the orcs? Why would he attack a bunch of dwarves and a wizard and a hobbit? You know, I mean, Beorn is smart enough to to know I mean he, he you know he there are men around that he doesn't attack why would he why why would he be ta- attacking them and not the orcs See,
0: that's Why I like the idea of a swarm of bees you know it's kind of random you know and it's it's and it's totally like Beorn definitely has bees you know I mean that's that's no question there and I just thought it would be awesome for it to be a swarm of bees you know that like and then they take shelter you know, frantically at the closest place they could take, which is oh, they yeah. run into this yep. room. I and Bayard's be upset
1: because he's yeah. They're in the house. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And not only that, but they're mad at him because they angered his bees. Or you know, again, it could be <laughs> that bees could be. that are patrolling. You know, they're specifically meant to keep out intruders. Or maybe, anyway,
1: or I, maybe I, he heard Bilbo say something about a um, furrier. <laughs>
0: That could be what pisses the
1: That's right. bear
0: off. Bjorn or not. <laughs> well, you and I all have to sit next to each other at the movie. So oh, yeah, we'll know, high
1: five when it's when you
0: know, we'll have to have our little our little cards in front of us of all the answers that we gave. That's right. But yeah, I just think I'm not saying it's absolutely definitively not Bjorn. I just don't get how it could be. Um it's gonna be interesting. If it is Bjorn, it's gonna be I'm gonna be interesting to see how Jackson deals with that because
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. You know
0: now now you've got this host who's just chased you into his front door, you know, his living room. Um, you know, who's grumpy.
1: Mm-hmm. If
0: I was Bayorn. I wouldn't be chasing him into my living room. I'd be chasing him away from where I live if I didn't want to deal with them. So anyway, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? I think that is that it. I think a that's of- it.
1: I think that's it. We got a lot of feedback on this one, so All right.
0: Okay. Now we going to switch gears here because our conundrum has nothing to do with Bayorn.
1: It does. It has nothing to do with Bayorn. <laughs> well, no, nothing to do with Baron. Our conundrum is will smog, and I hope I said that right because I know once in a while I say smog, but I mean smaug. So smog. it's that's my midwestern accent coming. Out, there you go, smaug, smaug. Uh, appear on screen in the first five minutes of the movie, so not necessarily in the very beginning, you know. But will we will we see the the dragon? Will we see the dragon at no, the beginning? No
0: part of the, it doesn't even have to even be the whole dragon. Like we did, you know, in the, like in the first film, we saw his tail and his legs. I mean, it's just yes, yeah. s- some part of Smaug be visible on screen in the first five minutes
1: of the yes, movie. Yes, yes, and so, the, and his I, fire I, counts too. If he's just you know his fire counts, that's right. That's, <laughs> right. that's right,
0: that's right, that's right, that's right. Um, what do you think? Actually, you know, we we designed the the question that I never really thought about what my answer was going to be. What do you think?
1: I think we will. You think I so? I think we will see him. Yeah, because we have to be reminded of the quest, and the quest is to meet the dragon. So a little bit of excitement for for Smaug in the in the first few minutes. I think so. I think.
0: Yeah, so. that's a really good point. That's a really good point that um, that we have to be reminded. Because I was thinking of where we are in the story in terms of. Like we've talked about the Thrain key thing, and we've talked about the you know. You know I think there's needs to be, there's going to have to be and, and 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 we stipulated it in such a way. That could be at the very beginning. I mean, it still could be at the very beginning. We still could see Smaug in the first five minutes.
1: Yeah, the Thrain key thing would be great, but I actually don't think. I mean, I think it would be great for character development, but I think and- I think they're going to go for you know action over character development probably. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: It, I mean, it still could be somewhere in the movie. I mean, Balin could even tell the story, but um, but it may not. It's it probably won't be the beginning. And the other thing about our conundrum is we're not saying that Smaug figures in the opening scene. We want yes. to be clear about that. We're simply saying that somewhere in the first five minutes of the film, he's going to some part of him is going to show up. That's and right. I agree with you. I think yes. I think it's probable that he would all.
1: We'll have to be there. for I mean, well. stopwatches to click off. Yes. five minutes. <laughs> It's five oh one. If smog shows smog shows up, it doesn't count. <laughs> we well, have to wait until, um, until the
0: video comes out on you know until it comes out on Blu-ray to actually have the timer it's <laughs> <to know laughs> the first five minutes. Well, again, the you know the judges can decide you know how much yes. they want to fudge that. I mean, obviously, we're talking about you know in the or in the begin the beginning moments of the film, but not necessarily the opening scene.
1: Yes, yes. So, what do you think, Trish?
0: I think he will. I think he will also. I mean, I think some piece of him will. I mean, it may be literally a, you know, a just it's a very short something, but we could see him in flight over Dale or we could see, you know, I, I just oh, think yeah. you're right. I think we have to find it.
1: Yeah, we I don't, need, the, we I need don't, the big fiery monster for sure.
0: I don't the opening of the movie is going to be a Smaug scene. But it could, I mean, it could be. I mean, we ended with Smaug's eye, right? Yeah. It could be. It just, I don't think, I mean, that, I suppose, could have been our conundrum, but I just don't think it's going to be, but I do think we'll see some some Smaug body part or fire in the first <laughs> few films.
1: Yeah. Yep. Well, Alright. I mean,
0: that it is, after all, the desolation of Smaug.
1: That's right. That's right. He is the titular character. That's right so
0: okay so that is it that is it do we, have, do we have time for anything else or should, I guess we took a lot of time we do have
1: them. a little time so yeah do we well, have so what's do happening? we have a Trisha's rant this time <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna start that? a segment called Trisha's rant
0: one that I can actually put out on the thing well I, I'm sure I, I, I nothing really comes <laughs> to mind I usually have something to rant about about the film but um but I'm I'm relatively quiet for no this rant. episode
1: yeah. Well, how about um, how about uh, some informational stuff about uh, MythMoot? Yeah. Yep.
0: Well, MythMoot's coming up, so our our call for papers for MythMoot, which is something new we're doing. Last year we didn't have uh, attendee delivered papers at MythMoot. This year we we started that. We're being kind of ambitious at MythMoot this year. Actually, there's a couple of things that we're kind of doing new, and I'm I'm a little nervous because it's like, gosh, you know, we should have just like done one thing new. <laughs> we're doing yeah, like what three the things heck? new. Um, but we have a full complement. We've got, uh, I think, the th- the way things are looking right now, it looks like we're going to have um, concurrent paper sessions. What I mean by that, there will be two, you know, at least two rooms going on at the same time, um, both of which have panels of probably three, at the moment, most four presentations, and they'll be thematically related to one another. Um, and we'll, so we'll have one of those on uh, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, you know, we'll see the movie together on Saturday morning. We'll have like a over lunch kind of a first reaction uh, from Corey and the, and the VIP guests, and then we'll do our set our paper sessions. And then Sunday morning we'll also have paper sessions, or sometimes Sunday we will. So we'll have actually two um, two chunks of time where there'll be you know concurrent paper delivery sessions going on. And so uh, I think we have. Or, actually, I'll take that back. I think we may have three sessions going on concurrently. Oh, because I think we have. Yeah, I think we have like 18 proposals. And the cool thing is, is that we didn't close it down. You know, we it's it, we didn't make the specification. It has to be about the Hobbit or even about Tolkien. So we've ended up with some really interesting, you know, broad stuff. I mean, we've got uh, um, somebody's proposed a paper on the fall of Arthur. Somebody's proposed a paper on, you know, well, actually, I don't know. Ryan's going to do either Sherlock Holmes or or, or, uh, Dresden Files. I'm not sure which. Mm -hmm. I think we've we've got the hoop paper in here, you know. I mean, so so we're – I mean, it's going to be really, really, really interesting. And and we've got some really core – you know Tolkien stuff, some uh, Tolkien versus Jackson movie stuff. So it's going to be—I I think it's going to be really hard to pick, frankly, what sessions to go to.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited be- about
0: that thing, and I'm really thrilled with the response we've gotten. You know that I think you know this was going to when we first started out with this call for papers. It was kind of like, what if we what if we give a party and nobody comes? You know, what if we do a call for papers and nobody responds? And mm-hmm. we've had just great response so i'm really 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 excited that yeah I, it's going to be a great myth mood it's the weekend of um oh gosh it's i think it's the 14th 15th it's yeah. that weekend december um and um and so it's things are shaping up we haven't gotten a venue yet but hopefully that will that will be rectified we're still looking around the baltimore area and uh, but i can promise that you know my intent is if if not before for sure by you know by the week after labor day which in the U.S. is the first week for uh, the first weekend after the beginning of September, um, we will have a venue because I know people need to make their arrangements, especially those coming from far away, and um, and we'll have all that information. So hopefully, Knockwood will we'll be able to you know we're, we're kind of up against it because a lot of the venues we've gone to have holiday parties. You know that's right in the holiday mm-hmm. party
1: section. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So, so we w- nothing else will uh, you know we'll I don't know we'll have it you know like in a park. <laughs> Miss Mood, Miss Mood. We'll have, <laughs> we'll have it at Scott
1: Holbrook's house.
0: There
1: you go. We'll have it at Verlin Flieger's house. She'd love
0: that. All, yeah, she's a big not fan of the movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: oh. And then um, I, there's also a uh, fundraiser going on for the Missgard Institute.
0: Corey has put together crowdfunding, you know, people, if people have heard like a Kickstarter and those kinds of things, this particular, is, it's called Indiegogo is the site, and um, um, uh, it is um, actually an internet, you know, I guess, I don't know if Kickstarters or not, but it's, this is one that's like more international based, mm-hmm. and I guess has like a lot of nonprofits. And so, um, and I don't even have the the URL here, but it is up on um, the the Tolkien Professor page. There is a post about it, and it's not too deep in the in the um, uh, stream. Um, there's a goal of ten thousand dollars. Crowdfunding, and what you do is, if you know, there's different levels. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like a pledge drive, you know, where at whatever level you donate at, you have certain, you get certain things, like a mug and a bag, and you know, there's other, there's other amenities. In fact, as you get higher up in the number of dollars that you put in, the whole deal here is about um, being able to offer free classes. So the donations aren't about giving money to Mythgard Institute to continue to offer classes that people pay for. This is you're giving money into Mythgard Institute to allow Corey to provide free classes of the same caliber as what he's you know been
1: yes giving. and it's actually the Mythgard Academy, so it's a little different than the Mythgard Institute because it's it's going to be free classes that are free and open right. to everybody. everybody yeah
0: which I think is really exciting yeah and it without without you know quality yeah and, and so we, kind of like, you know, we podcast that he's great making them live classes yeah
1: we have um right now. Uh, the, the goal is $10,000 and he's raised 6,855 of that already. So that's really nice. Now I do have the website. It's www.indiegeogeo.com, uh, backslash projects, backslash T-H-E, uh, hyphen M-Y-T-H-G-A-R-D hyphen I-N-S-T-I. UT So the hyphen Mythgard hyphen Institute. You could probably just search, uh, go to Indiegogo and search the Mythgard Institute, and that would come up. So, but there's some really neat things um, that you can get. You know, you uh, if you um, Donate $100 or more, you get to be on the Council of the Wise, the group of people who can nominate class ideas and decide on the final group of class options that will be presented to our supporters for a vote. So that's the one that – that's what intrigues me. I I think I want to be on the Council. Especially if I can, you know, if I can be Galadriel, that would be awesome. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, that's the only girl choice, isn't it? We don't have any other girls on the council of the wise. Pretty yeah. much not. Well, actually, Pretty much not. Yeah.
1: Well, we don't know about the wizards. The, well, that's the true. other oh, that's true. the other wizards, the blue wizards. I'm not sure. I don't think they were on the council of the wise. No, were, but yeah, if they know, showed know. up, they probably would be invited.
0: And the, <laughs> well, the cool and the cool part is, is it, it goes as low as five dollars. So I mean, even mm-hmm. just five dollars yep. is, you know, don't yeah. need to sound like a pledge drive right here, but. I think it's great you know it's not even just the fact that it's Tolkien uh, Tolkien based uh, courses which that alone is great but the thing and I've said this before and I know Dave has too, it's a new educational model that Corey's out to share. You know, it's not just the content, it's the delivery, it's the way that exactly. um, all yep. the education is being shared. And that to me is really the it, thing it's it's not I'm most Yeah, it's not an
1: exclusive club like academia has right. been for so long. Right. You know, this is something to be shared with everyone who has an interest in it. You know, right. not just a few not just a right. few people who can afford it but um, everyone who's interested and wants to get in on the discussion.
0: And Tolkien is such a good starting point, too. I mean, I can say this from heaven. I mean, I've been a Tolkien fan for, oh, my gosh. I mean, I hate to even say, um, well over, I mean, probably close to 40 years. I mean, it was like mid-60s or early 60s. I mean, uh, 67, 68, something like that. Um, But, you know, it really took me, it, it took me finding Corey for me to really start to delve into, what really to me is the most fascinating thing about Tolkien's work, which is, you know, the some of the derivations, in other words, where he pulled from, um, you know, how he how this thing has gone, you know, it was not not just his whole lifetime, but his son's whole lifetime too, mm-hmm. and the amount of detail he went. You know, I think if it hadn't been for the Silmarillion seminar, I still wouldn't have finished the Silmarillion, you know, I mean, it, but but have but you have to do it. You have to get through the Silmarillion and really understand it in a way in, before you can really understand Tolkien. So that's the thing. I mean, there's so much more to... Tolkien and Tolkien's works that you really do need to have somebody almost, you know, be a tour guide for you. Uh, yes. of, of course, mm-hmm. caliber to get and and the group and also the group like like, for example, I don't think the Silmarillion seminar would have been anywhere near as valuable to me if it hadn't been a group of you doing it. You know, if it had been just Corey, it wouldn't have been the same. So, right. you know, I, just, I it's, it, this is a great topic. You know, Tolkien is a perfect topic to do this and, you know, he's he's also the gateway to medieval literature and medieval works and other you know, other fantasy writers. You mm-hmm. know, so it's just it's a it's a great starting point for a lot of other things. Yeah. There's uh, there's a lot anyway. to learn.
1: There's there's history, theology, uh, philology. There's yeah. there's a lot of gateways that uh, that you can go to starting with Tolkien and ending up other places. So. I just
0: think this, and all ages you know this is you know this is also something for all ages, which is something I also like so anyway i 'm just obviously a huge fan of this. I think anybody who is into this, even if you don 't end up you know listening to it, but it 's something that you want to support as far as an educational model, you know come in, chip in at a five dollar ten dollar twenty five dollar level I mean it all helps, and sure. uh, i, I I'm thrilled to see him be so far along in the campaign this early. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I'm hope I'm hoping that Indiegogo will gives you him the opportunity to up his to up his goal, you know. So that yes. when we hit ten <laughs> thousand, a little bit.
1: Yeah, and and it goes until September 26th. So
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. So so okay. Students are up to things too with this, and you know what, we don't want to talk about those now, but maybe in another digest, we'll have yeah. we'll have them far enough the line that we can talk about it. So yeah,
1: all right, all right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and take us out. Thanks for listening, everybody, and Godspeed.